Welcome to the Atlanta Startup Podcast, the briefing room for the innovation ecosystem. I'm Lisa Calhoun, your host and general partner at Atlanta venture capital firm, Valor Ventures. On this show, I bring you the investors, the founders, and the activators creating the fastest emerging venture capital ecosystem in the country. Krista, welcome to Atlanta Startup Podcast. It's a joy to have you on the program. Thank you for having me, Lisa. You know, I was just saying you look fantastic and I was showing you my glittery Valor V t-shirt. It has, feels like yesterday, but it's been a while since I've seen your face. You have been so busy with Patientory in the book. Catch me up. What's been going on the last couple of years for you? Yeah, so I can't believe we're in the same city, but it feels as if I'm never here. Um, Of course, building Patientory, as you know, we are pioneering in the space of blockchain and healthcare. Um, And we've seen a lot of adoption on the international fronts and especially smaller countries like Singapore, Dubai, um, especially in the UK that have actual blockchain adoption strategies in place. Um, so with Patientory, you know, we've been building up our consumer community um, the past three years, especially after our famous token sale. We now can boast over 35,000 people globally. Um, that's part of our, our community. Um, and then we've also, you know, been focused on building our enterprise brand as well in the healthcare space. Um, I was just named a thought leader for Hims Digital, as in Hims Digital Influencer, um, as they look to really start to bring emerging technologies into healthcare IT. One of the things I remember from some of even your earliest pitches was your passion for the patient and their privacy that comes out of your own experience. I think you could share with the listeners a little bit about how you came to build Patientory and solve for identity protection. Yeah, well, I mean, as complex as it sounds, it, it's, it's, it's really simple. It started out with, you know, a simple thought, you know, I'm an individual, why don't I own my information, you know, from time of birth. And I think maybe it started out with me. I just, I'm just such an organized person and I like record keeping everything. (laughs) But, you know, being, um, you know, I was always into science and, you know, healthcare has been a passion um, of mine since a young age. Um, You know, thought I was going to go into actually practice in medicine, um, but really fell in love with the business of medicine and then really experienced in digital health um, we call it digital health industry, which is still fairly new, you know, a little over a decade. I was with a telemedicine company and it was a, it was a day-to-day challenge of just getting access to patients' data. Like the doctors couldn't even, you know, really effectively treat the patients because they didn't have all that history, which would have helped them save so much time in the process, especially as we start to adopt newer technologies, you know, especially telemedicine, where it's like you're, you're messaging a, a doctor on an app, you know. <laughs> so we have a long way to go in healthcare. It sounds like, you know, with the global perspective you have at Patientory, that a lot of other countries or communities 
are adopting things differently than the U.S. Um, enlighten us. Share more about your knowledge. Yeah, no, I think that's the case because, I mean, a lot of these other countries, their their health system is it's it's run by the government, whereas in the U.S., you know, we have much more of a competitive market. Um, so we have over 5,000 health systems um, that all have different types of electronic medical records that are actually competing against each other, even, you know, because they don't want their patients to go elsewhere. Whereas you have countries that run on a national health system where all that information is actually in one place, even if it's not in one place, you know, it's, it's owned by one entity. Um, so it's, it's a much easier feat to get that in the hands of the individual. And is that where Patientory is really finding its latest traction? Especially, yes, from our consumers. Um, and then, you know, we're working our way into the enterprise market as well. I notice we're both heading to Dubai. I'm going for the Kauffman Venture Capital Summit. Yay. And, you, and you're going for this crazy cool blockchain healthcare summit? Yeah. Tell me more about that. So it's the third year. It's actually hosted by Smart Dubai, um, which is the government entity that's in, um, basically, you know, responsible for the adoption of blockchain throughout the city. Um, so back in 2016, Dubai launched their blockchain 2021 strategy. So they wanted to be one of the first cities um, to be on blockchain across all industries by 2021. That's like tomorrow. Um, so in 2018, they launched the Future Blockchain Summit because they saw that, you know, they they didn't they didn't have a clear pipeline to actual companies and projects that were building blockchain solutions in the space um, for their different industries. So they, you know, it's a way for them to bridge the gap with companies all over the world um, who want to build and start business, but also, you know, raise capital um, in the Middle East and especially in Dubai. Speaking of raising capital, you know, one of the things that our listeners are often interested in is real stories on raising capital. And yes, you have a unique one, but believe it or not, not everyone has heard it. <laughs> so I wondered if you could not necessarily share things that you've had to share a dozen times, but if, if you were going to boil it up and have three things that you would tell other founders uh, that they should focus on around their financing journey. What would you say? What is, what is your key advice for other founders? Yeah, I would say it's, you're always raising, right? And it's, it's building relationships. So you may not see, you know, a particular fund or, you know, entity as a of investor now, but it's always good to, as they say, you know, drop breadcrumbs rather than, you know, have just this line of, of miscommunication or uncommunication. Um, so it's always important to start building relationships early um, and follow through and follow up as much as you can. Yeah, dropping breadcrumbs is a big deal. I, I speak to founders daily and they're like, well, so what's the next step? And I'm like, well, there's no immediate next step because in other words, we can't finance you in the next 30 days. Uh, you know, well, however, one wonderful way to get to know each other is updates. And a lot of founders seem to find that yet a fresh idea of mm -hmm. sending updates, not even just to, you know, and I encourage them, it doesn't have to just be potential investors. I mean, your executive team, your mentors, your coaches, other founders you care about, 
they're all kind of around the company in the early days and they're all candidates for that shout out on a regular basis about what's working. I mean, is, is that something that you, a practice you advocate or what, how would you recommend founders go about laying down breadcrumbs? No, I think that's, you know, and that's an, it's an easy and it's a free way, right? Um, it's a funny story. I was at a networking event last night and I saw an investor who I was talking to three years ago and he comes up to me and is like, oh, I, you know, I saw the, the newsletter um, two days ago and I see you guys are doing the Dubai event, um, but I want to follow up because I really want to know more like of what's going on you know, from those updates. So, hey, I mean, <laughs> it might it might seem, you know, like you don't want to do an update that month, but I would say it goes a long way. Mm. That's a practice that should, you know, should, should be there. Even if it's someone you haven't talked to in three years, you never know. Good advice. Is there anything else from the investor fundraising journey you've been on the last few years that you would say is sort of a, a lesson learned that you're, you're ready to share with other founders? Yeah, I mean, when I first started to fundraise, it was definitely a challenging and difficult time, especially because of the industry I was in, um, the the stage of the company that we were in. You know, at the time, most investors we talked to didn't really understand the the bridge between blockchain and healthcare, or or didn't see the, our path to revenue. Um, but it actually taught me, you know, a lot more about really performing, you know, what it takes to perform as, as a startup, uh, you know, in this competitive, you know, landscape. So, you know, it really helped in, in really clearing out, you know, really getting down to our value proposition and, and really strengthening our, I would say, core, core, core focus of, of what we provide as a company. That is such an important thing. I, I do think the, the market is competitive and that competitiveness can either be perceived like you perceive it as a strength, like this is the bar, I'm going for it, or as, you know, why, why am I being challenged like this? And, you know, the, the quality rises, there, there's no doubt about that. So when it comes to building the company, I know you've reached out to a lot of, a lot of people in and outside of the Atlanta area, but focusing a little bit on Atlanta, are there one or two people that you would give a shout out to and just let the listeners know, hey, these are some really intelligent folks in the Atlanta startup community worth reaching out to and getting getting a read. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, the past couple of years, I, I met with um, the Atlanta CEO Council, Sheesh and the guys over there. Um, they're, they're like all, you know, entrepreneurs at heart, you know, with both successes and failures. And I, and if, you know, they're just so passionate about helping Atlanta startups and founders, you know, exceed in the space. And, and they, they connect us with, you know, industry um, veterans or, you know, just corporations in the Atlanta area, um, which I think is, is really impactful and helpful, um, as well as, you know, the team over at the Metro Atlanta Chamber. I mean, I would think they, they came up with the Choose ATL cohort I was a part of back in 2017. I think that was our first cohort. But, you know, just seeing, you know, that I'm in a city, you know, coming from New York, coming to Atlanta, being in a city where we have such, you know, direct access to the chamber and, you know, and, and the city that's really highlighted 
you know, entrepreneurs, but also minority entrepreneurs, you know, as beacons of light, you know, to really, you know, put put Atlanta, but also the people that that live here um, on the map and, and to share our stories and and how and, and what we do. So I thought that was pretty cool and awesome. I haven't seen that elsewhere. Well, I was just, you know, it's like you're reading the script, Krista, but I was just <laughs> going to ask you, what makes Atlanta unique or special for founders? Like if you're talking to a global audience of founders or even a national audience, because I know you have a very broad perspective, yeah. What do you like about Atlanta? What do you think the strengths are of this startup ecosystem relative to the others you've been involved in, like New York? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, a, it feels like a small, close-knit community. And I would say, you know, that that's one of, um, going back to my previous comment, you know, one of the beauties of, of being a part of the city and building a company in the city, I mean, is really the access to people, you know, in other cities you might not, more, more or less have access to, but the fact that, you know, I would say across the board, you know, people have come around is, is really passionate about seeing the Atlanta startup ecosystem, but also the culture um, really thrive as, a, as our city continues to grow and, you know. <laughs> so yeah. you just came on and said, you know what, I, I, I'm doing a lot of promoting of my book. And to be honest, I don't know much about your book. So this is a huge opportunity for me too. Tell me all about it. Great. Yeah, no. So, I mean, I've been doing a lot of, you know, traveling, speaking engagements. And it came to me, I was actually around this time last year. I was like, I should just write a book because, you know, most of my travels, especially to other countries, you know, I was more or less one of the only minority female um, founders there. So it was always, you know, a part of me to want to share, you know, how can I basically put it out there to, you know, help increase more diverse founders in the space, but not only to empower, but to, you know, share my journey. And I, I go through different mindsets in the book um, as to the, the founder mindset, the, the woman founder mindset. So my book is called um, Future Woman. Um, and, it, and it goes through these about, I would say about 20 mindsets that female founders should have, especially minority female founders should have um, when started a company. So not only a tech company, but, but just that mindset in, in any type of company and the challenges that you may face along the way. That sounds so pertinent. Give us an example. What is one of the 20 mindsets, just the one that's kind of come, come up for you right now? Yeah. I mean, one that just comes to, to the top of my head, I don't know why, is, is one that I, I wrote about and is, it's, it's finding your why um, and staying true to yourself, right? Because when you build a company day in and day out, you can always lose sight as to why you're doing this in the first place, right? Because it's, it's not easy. Um, but I feel if, if, if as founders, you have those core values, you know, set in stone and, and you, you begin with that from the beginning, um, it really helps in, in putting everything into perspective. You know, I agree with you. And, and I would add to that, it also re-energizes your heart. I know for me as a female founder too, I, I often take, take my own advice in that I try to stay close to the things I am passionate about as I'm building. Like I'm very passionate about Valor, obviously. Mm -hmm. but I was talking to a female founder earlier this week 
when she was telling me about a startup she was going to build in social media and it was very convoluted. And I said, what do you, what's the end game? She mm -hmm. told me the end game was, was starting a, a real world business that served at risk youth. And she was going to do the other to make money so she could do the one. And that's, that's my advice. Why. Yeah. Right, right. That's, that's her why. why. The why, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, of course, her life. But my advice, which she was asking for, was to go ahead and jump right into the thing that you're passionate about. Because life is short. And yeah. you're not promised tomorrow. And the energy of what you're building, if it's close to your heart, it's a renewable source of of power for you. But if you're at several removes from your renewable source of power, it's easier to get depressed and discouraged. Yeah. And yeah. then you meet failure and then you're like, why did I fail? It's like, cause you weren't doing what you loved. Right? <laughs> it's just hard, you know, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard. So that sounds like a fascinating book. How can people get a copy of it? Well, it's currently sold on Amazon. We published it and launched it back in December. 2019, um, we were one of, you know, Amazon's new best-selling books um, for that month. Um, so you can, you know, go on Amazon and, and Google my name, Krista McFarland, or the book Future Woman. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Now, as you're building out Patientory and looking to the future, what types of advisors, um, executives who are you trying to build into your team in terms of roles just people hear your story get attracted to it they know if they're fit for where you're going in the next few months to a year yeah i mean when i first and this, this helped with with you know knowing my why when i first started the company you know it wasn't a big deal if they they didn't come from healthcare. but after going through that phase um you know we made a, a, a i made really a conscious decision to find healthcare related people because they, they just saw things differently and they had a different passion about them because healthcare is hard. Um, so we're, we're currently building out our team, you know, more on the operations and, and sales roles to develop the, to help support and launch the platform. But in just advisors, you know, while I didn't necessarily start with all healthcare industry related advisors, which is okay, because they, they brought that diversity. Um, you know, we're really looking for expertise in challenging the status quo as to where healthcare is today, you know, as we go through a lot of the regulatory changes that are happening. Um, so we're looking, really looking for those, those people that are, you know, experts in that area. Experts at challenging the status quo in healthcare. Apply here, <laughs> patient Tory is open. That's really clear. Now, I mean, look, if that's you and you're listening, you know yeah. what to do. This is your call to action. And you know what to do. So perfect. Thank you for sharing that. Is there any other type of role that, you know, is top of mind for you before we move on? Yeah, I mean, other than that couple, I, I can get more techie. You know, anyone that has been in blockchain, you know, and, and understand blockchain and, and want to, again, challenge the status quo, um, you know, we're, we're arms wide open as well. Terrific. So to dive in a little bit to the current moment, what are you working on this quarter with Patient Tory? What are some of your, your goals or KPIs that, you're, that are really near term top of mind for you? Yeah, so at the moment, we are um, getting ready to launch our public version of our consumer app, at, which is going to be at HIMSS in March, um, and then as well as our enterprise version. 
Um, we're one of the, we're the only healthcare company, but the state of Oregon actually launched an, the Oregon Enterprise Blockchain Venture Studio, which we were part of this past summer. So we've been working with partners in through that initiative. Um, and then we're looking to start to build out um, more partners to join um, based on the work that, we're, that we've done. So we're in the process of releasing a joint peer review journal um, in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Okay, that's that's a lot to be biting off in the next few weeks, but yeah. really exciting stuff. Yeah. So as you look to future investors, um, and I should really ask, do you believe you'll have another investor as you build out patient touring? Do you think there's a role for future investors? Oh, absolutely. Um, that's one of our initiatives for at least the next two quarters as well. Um, with you know we, we did the token sale we're actually you know because it was early stage we're actually in the process of raising a a seed round um which we look to get to our bridge us to our series a um hopefully in the next by next year or the end of the year give me a couple points on who the ideal seed investor is to you as, as you see it um what are the qualities of that investor in addition to the capital yeah, I mean, so this, you know, we're looking for investors who can also um, leverage our current partnerships. Um, so, you know, at this stage, we're really building the foundation, um, but can also help us map out, you know, what that foundation is, you know, or solidify what that foundation is for, for growth in the next phase. So making sure we have all our ducks lined up. <laughs> Are you looking for a healthcare specific seed lead? Is that is on your roadmap? Um, that's part of it. Yeah, that would be one of them. So we're looking for at least, you know, a couple of partners to to fill that out. And do you have and any specific they would be the Yeah, um, not at the moment. You know, we, you know, we've been always looking for that investor in Atlanta, because unfortunately, we don't have any Atlanta investors. And I don't know why. <laughs> Join the club. There are a lot of great founders in Atlanta that don't have an Atlanta investor. You know, there are very few venture investors in the Southeast relative to the rest of the country. It's it's interesting. I mean, I'm doing all I can, Chris. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a per capita game going on here that just won't quit. It's kind of interesting. We have 38% of the U.S. population and, and less than, let's just, you know, use a big term, less than two dozen venture capital investors. Whereas when you go to you know, the Valley or New York, you're, you're clearly up into the hundreds. Exactly. So the density is really in a totally different place here. Okay. So I don't know if that's cultural. I mean, I'm sure you've done studies or looked into it, you know, but I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, that would be great if we can actually get someone from Atlanta, you know, on board, you know, because we, we love the city so much and we, we call it home. So, um, but we'll see. I know. Well, good luck in that. And if someone wants to reach out to you around your seed round, uh, how should they reach out? Or if someone wants to be an advisor through your website or maybe what is your preferred method of contact? Yeah. So, I mean, our website is there. I, I also get a lot of requests on Twitter. Apparently now I'm like, because I'm such an influencer, I write for Forbes. I get so many requests on Twitter now. Um, so you can reach out to me at Krissa um, Tanelia, T-A-N-E-L-I-A. -A. Um, and then, of course, you can always um, either also LinkedIn is also a great, great platform as well. 
Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing some time with us today and your story. This is great to check in and it's not going to be so long before we check in again. I would certainly love to have you back on the podcast in a few months after Dubai in March and, and hear what's going on with Patientory. Absolutely. Thank you. And if anyone is interested, the Future Blockchain Summit is hosted in Dubai, um, April 7th through the 9th. The Atlanta Startup Podcast is produced by Valor Ventures as a service to the startup and investor community. We couldn't do it without the support of our sponsors, Atlanta Tech Park, the Global Innovation Center, and Right to Market, Atlanta's favorite tech and healthcare marketing firm. Please patronize these local companies with your business and visit them online for more info. And if you'd like to get your information on the Atlanta Startup Podcast or share a message with our listeners, visit us online and check out our affordable rate card. All advertisements here are tax-deductible donations to the Startup Runway Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit whose mission is connecting underrepresented founders to their first investor.